This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation, whose mission it is to help people find hope after loss. Well, Heidi, good morning uh, from California. Good morning, Mom. I'm here in New York, and, West uh, 72nd. Yeah, a lot of people, uh, particularly in, in some, well, some states are back to school now. It's, uh, you know, early September, and uh, for some kids are back, and some kids are just waiting to go get ready for school. It's a kind of a difficult time for people, don't you think? Or can be? Yeah, it definitely can be. I mean, here in New York, we don't start until the 6th, but like you said, a lot of kids, especially on the West Coast, have already been back in August. Um, yeah, I think like even going to the store and seeing people with their kids buying their backpacks and their school supplies and their school clothes, it brings up a lot of stuff and a lot of loss for people, which I completely understand. Abs- absolutely. I mean, it, yeah. it is a hard time. And for some people, it's an empty house, too. You know, maybe they haven't been alone and letting their kids go and feeling safe about it and that kind of thing. Or maybe um, uh, you're a school teacher or whatever. Your your husband was a school teacher or your wife was a school teacher. And so a lot of issues around that. Change is always something to stop and, and take a look at. For some of us, um, we have problems anticipating. For some of us, it's the day. And for some people, um, they're not. They're surprised that they're feeling down or and and don't understand why. So, well, well, and for and for so many people, like you said, the the days leading up to the event have so much anxiety around them, and most of the time, the event itself, even though it might be anxiety provoking, is not as bad as the days leading up to it. Because your your mind takes off about how bad it's going to be, and and you get really stressed out about how you're going to get through it and if you're going to be able to cope. And most of the time, we do cope because we have to. Absolutely. Well, Heidi, we've got a really interesting guest today, and we have a topic that is extremely important because we're going to be talking about anger. We have a lot of people approach us on this topic and, you know, about forgiveness or not to forgive. And, you know, and and sometimes people say, uh, feel that other people who are talking about it don't understand how it is when you've really had trauma. But our guest today, uh, Carol Weddington Hunt, has had a lot of trauma in her life. And and I think her journey is going to be really important for you folks to hear. What are your thoughts on it, Heidi? I'm really, really interested in this show. I mean, I've been working with 9-11 families since 9-11, and the issue of anger, I mean, you know, as Carol, as everybody knows, and Carol knows, you know, the, their family members were murdered in ter- a terrorist attack, and the issue of anger has been such a big issue in the groups I've run, and how to, to resolve the anger, or do you need to, and if you don't need to, how it impacts your life, and it has impacted people in many ways that I work with. And with Carol, I mean, she's such a great, she is an expert, both professionally and personally, because her mother was murdered, and she has written books on anger management God style, Hello, Mr. Death, A Journey Through Grief, and an anger management teen style, and I cannot wait to hear how do you get through the anger or how do you resolve it or how do you most importantly not let it ruin your life after a murder absolutely I don't know the yeah. because that. it hasn't ruined her life i mean carol has gone on she's a registered nurse she's a licensed therapist she's a, at a, a faculty at goldfarb college at barnes jewish hospital in st louis she's a poet and she does consulting i mean carol you have it all girl welcome to the show well thank you it's great to oh, have thank you thank carol 
It's great to have Glad you. Glad to be here. Great to have you on today. Could you give a little backstory to our audience about what happened to you? It was what in uh, 1982? It was 1983. Uh, it was December the 9th, 1983, uh, a week before my mother's 52nd birthday. Uh, my mother was healthy, had no health issues. Uh, her uh, sister's son stabbed her over 40 times. Oh, my gosh. Uh, his sister called me uh, at school. I was working on my master's in counseling. And mm-hmm. she said, come home. And I said, my car is in the shop. I can't because I was approximately an hour from home. And she said, come home. And I said, I can't. My car's in this shop. She said, come home. Hunted and killed your mama and hung up the phone. Oh, my heavens. And wow. so I was stranded. And so the first thing I had to do was find a ride. And, uh, and that was the first thing. And then the second thing, when I got there, it was plenty of spectators. People were uh, passing out, et cetera. So a bear giver as I am, I was taking care of everybody else. I did not deal with my grief initially. I was cleaning blood. I was fixing coffee. I was comforting people. And so that's how it began. And that night uh, we were sitting in the living room talking, and I said something because my mama had a great sense of humor. So I was telling one of her uh, jokes or whatever, and we were laughing because, uh, like I said, I was uh, trying to alleviate some of the anxiety. And uh, my brother said, stop laughing in my GD house. And I, uh, my father said, this is not your house, this is my house. And he said, until my mom is buried, but after she's buried, it's going to be my house. And I said, over my dead body. And at that moment in time, he began choking me, and I was in the position where my mother was on the living room floor when she was murdered. Oh, my goodness. And wow. he, uh, it took uh, two people to get him off of me. I ran to my purse afterwards to get my gun because I was a pistol-carrying uh, person at the time. And I ran to my purse to get my gun that my mother had given me for my 21st birthday. And uh, I, my friend knew I had the gun. No one else in the home knew I had one. And I uh, went to get the gun, and I, we fought over the gun. And she got the gun from me and gave it to my father, and we just wept bitterly there. Uh, but that was the first day. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you had an experience where uh, you know you were still having problems with your brother, and you got angry at him and actually went after him, right? With a yes, to try uh, to track him down. That was the moment. That was the moment in time when I changed from a victim to a perpetrator. Uh, I had been beaten by my brother for twenty-eight years. And this was the last straw, and he was threatening to harm my father. And I guess I was more concerned about my father than I was about me because I wasn't going to let anyone harm my father. And, you know, and then that was the last parent, too. Right. And so uh, after uh, they, it took four people to get him off of me at that time. And uh, I ran to my purse, got my gun. He, at that time, I had a three fifty seven Magnum, so I had upgraded. And I ran outside where he had ran, and he said he was going to the hospital to kill my father and send him to my GD mama. And at that point, I pulled the trigger, and I missed. And oh, thank so, goodness, uh, huh? He, pardon me? I said, thank goodness, huh? Oh, In yes, retrospect. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he jumped 
uh, he ran, and, you know, he was a, a athlete, so he could, you know, cover a lot of grounds because he broke state records, et cetera. And so uh, I got in, in the car, and I went. I knew where he was going to my father's barbershop. And so I got in the car, drove to my father's barbershop, and got out of the car with the gun in hand and walked into the barbershop, and he ran out the back door. Uh, but then I threatened my other brother because he initiated that. And so, but I was out of control. Now, 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 I know we have had people approach us that want to get revenge. You know, it, it's it, it's that hard feeling. What did you do with that? What happened? How did you get to well, where you are today? Uh, on the day of the sentencing of my cousin, I went into the courtroom with a gun. That was before metal detectors in 1984. And I went into the courtroom with the gun when they were getting ready to do the sentencing. I put my hand on the trigger, and I had my hand in my purse because if they had said not guilty by reason of insanity, I was going to shoot him on the spot. But he was guilty, and so I released the gun and closed my purse and exited the courtroom. Wow. Now, what are your thoughts on that? What if I am feeling what you're feeling? I, I'm waiting for the, for the trial or whatever. Well, the thing is, uh, you have to do a review, and a review is the R represents realize the potential consequence, and then the E represents evaluate the cost. The V represents value your freedom and peace of mind, and E represents engage in some physical activity, and W represents wait until tomorrow. It could make a difference, a big difference. And one of the things that uh, people who are grieving uh, they lose sleep, and when you uh, when you sleep deprived, you you really are not thinking clearly. So one of the things you have to be very cognizant of is getting plenty of sleep to make sure that you somewhat making some kind of sound decision. And after you get some sleep, you tend to make better decisions. Now, what about forgiveness? I know that uh, you say in some of the things I've been reading that you had years of therapy and forgiving. Uh, we've had people tell us that they don't want to forgive, right, Heidi? I mm-hmm. mean, you know, Absolutely. I'm not going to. I'll never forgive. Uh, why should and I? And they don't have to. And, that, and we always say, yeah, you don't have to, you know. Um, uh, forgiveness is not for you. It has, I mean, mm-hmm. the forgiveness is not for the person whom you're forgiving. It has nothing to do with the person whom you're forgiving. Mm. It's for you. Uh, I said, uh, for me, grief was stormy. Through it all, I survived. The creation of the new me is stronger. Accepting Mm -hmm. the loss is not the same as liking it. It is opening your eyes to the reality that we no longer exist and I exist without you. In addition, you become aware of your own mortality and hopefully live a fuller life. Now, in relations to forgiveness, you're not forgiving. You forgive what you were forgiving is the, the 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 thought that you have that that person. Oh, let me rephrase. As long as you don't forgive, that person is in control. Mm, I like that. You've been angry. You're being angry. You're being mad. You're being revengeful. Your life is on hold. As long as I was mad, as long as I was bitter, I could not move on. If you recall, is it okay to speak scripturally? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you recall, when Peter had heard the third uh, rooster crow, the third crow from the rooster, he wept bitterly. 
he could not have become the apostle that he became unless he had forgiven himself, unless he had gone through a process of forgiving. What you're forgiving is that cognition, that thought, that belief, that that person, that uh, so you're not forgiving, quote-unquote, the person. You're forgiving that belief. You're letting go of that belief. I had to let go that uh, because regardless of what I did, if I killed Hunter, that wouldn't have brought my mother back. Right. So what was if the belief? If I killed yeah. my brother, that wouldn't have brought my mother back. Right. Nothing is going to bring my mother back, period. And that's what I had to accept. Regardless of what I do, nothing will bring her back. So what I had to learn to do was celebrate her legacy. And by celebrating her legacy, I started doing things that would bring pride to her legacy rather than would disgrace her legacy. And now what kind of things did you do? Do you remember a first thing that you did for a beginning? I mean, for some people, it's just getting out of bed again. Have you got one, oh, you know, early? Oh, I couldn't get out of bed. I had a brass bed, and I broke it because I used the, the headboard to physically pull myself out of bed. I physically broke a bed headboard to pull myself up. And that's what you have to do. You, you're not going to want to do anything. You're not going to feel like doing anything. Uh, for years, I wanted to kill myself. And I felt like a coward because I could never make the decision to kill myself. And so, uh, Did you really want to so kill I'm yourself, is, Carol, or did you just not want to live in such a painful world? I wanted to kill myself. Okay. Uh, it, was su- it was truly suicidal. And, uh, how did and you, how did you get over re- that? Yeah, how did you get through it, if I'm feeling that way? One of the things about the suicide is that is I initially was thinking that I lacked courage or, or being a coward because I didn't kill myself. But what it was, it was a coward that do kill themselves. And so it's not, it's the thought process. And what we have to learn is we have to connect the thought with the feeling and connect the feeling with the behavior. And in order to change our, our feelings and behaviors, we have to change our thoughts. Now, it all starts off with the thought, the cognition. Now, how, and, you got some help, right? So I might need some help if I'm feeling that way. What did, what did you do? You went to a therapist. What was your first? I went how to did you reach out? Tell, tell us if I'm feeling, uh, I, I'm I was, saying, hey, I get it. I get it. I feel the same way Carol does. What do I do? Help me. Okay. I had, I, uh, I had a friend who uh, said, okay, Carol, you need therapy. And that was shortly after the, my mother's funeral because I did a poem that I wrote at my mother's fr- funeral titled My Friend, My Hero. Uh, and I read that poem. And so they were like, oh, no, you are not functioning properly here. And so uh, they got me into therapy, and I went to therapy. Uh, but I also did a lot of self-therapy. I, uh, I worked on myself continuously. I wrote poetry. Uh, one month exactly from the date of my mother's death, I wrote Hello, Mr. D, which I was uh, writing death, asking about the well-being of my mother. And I said, uh, un- you know, un- uh, l- please let my mother know that I love her. And, uh, and so that's what started my journey, was writing the poetry. And getting I some wrote about- therapy. Ma'am? And getting some therapy and writing some poetry. Oh, yeah, getting therapy, uh, journaling. Uh, 
like I said, doing the review. Uh, I did what I called uh, the triple T tactic. I tracked my negative thoughts. I trapped them, and I trashed them. I like that. Heidi, uh, I, I want Heidi to tune in here because I have a feeling she's got some things she wants to say. Do you have something, uh, thoughts about this, Heidi? Wow. I, I, do I, have th- I have a lot of, I just think it's amazing that I completely agree with what Carol is saying, and I love the stuff about you're not having to forgive the person that did it. It's more about you being kind of trapped in your own thought process about revenge, et cetera, and I just, I totally agree with what she's saying about how we need to change our thoughts to change our lives. And, you know, the thing about anger is when you have anger, you're just destroying yourself. It's kind of like they say about, about revenge. Revenge is like drinking poison and waiting for your enemy to die. You know, you're destroying yourself from the inside out and you're pushing people away and it's very destructive. And it's just fascinating to listen to all the ways that you moved beyond the anger and didn't let it control and take over your life permanently and destroy your life. And on that note, Carol, I wanted to, uh, before we end the show, I wanted you to talk a little bit about your reunion that you were telling us about before the show, because that is so sweet. And what happened to your family and the reunion? I mean, I think that's a lot about this story, because not only have you gone on to do wonderful things professionally, but some wonderful personal things have happened to you also. Well, what happened was when my mother was murdered by her nephew, which is a family member, my family, who was my best friend, you know, you know, we were, we were very close. And so they didn't know what to do or what to say, so they stayed away. And so here I was dealing with this awful experience with the people who I loved and cared about nowhere to be found. And so I was devastated, and as a result, I Servitized, and I had no contact with my, you know, with this extended family, and so uh, I was uh, sent an email saying that there was going to be a family reunion in the city uh, this weekend, and I looked at that as an inroad to, to try to reconnect because I talked to my, you know, my husband about these family members, and he has no idea who they are, what you know they were about. And so I sent this cousin an email, and I said, would you all be interested in coming over to my home, uh, you know, sometime during the reunion? And she said, yes. And so about 18 people came to my home on Saturday. And to me, it was a homecoming. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm getting tearful. <laughs> uh, but it was, uh, I felt I was at home. Uh, Carol, that um, is so wonderful. I and won't, so yeah. I've come full circle. And so I mm-hmm. felt like Esau and Jacob, you know, when they joined together after 20-some years. And, you know, Jacob came with guilt, and he said, no, I've forgiven you. It's not about that. I'm at a different level now. And that's basically what I was saying. I'm at a different level now. Let's move on. Uh, I want to end the show on that note, Carol. And I want to ask first, though, how can people get your anger management God style? And hello, Mr. Uh, they De- can email me at cdwhunt, H-U-N-T, cdwhunt at sbcglobal.net. All right. Well, wonderful, Carol. And thank you so much for being on the show. You're, you're such an inspiration, and, and you just show that you know, uh, an amazing resilience and the resilience that people have. And it's going to give people a lot of hope. Hi, do you have a comment you want to make? 
I wanted to second that and say to everybody out there, Carol is such an example of how it's never too late to reconnect to your family and how we can work through our anger no matter what's happened to us. Carol, you're, you're just an, a shining example of that. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been great to have you on the show, Carol. And Carol's a member of ADAC, and uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing her at some of their uh, conferences when they come up. Right, Carol? We hope. Yes. <laughs> I'll be in Miami. Oh, great. Well, I'll Very be in good. Miami together next uh, next year. You've been listening to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Remember that uh, to tell all your friends about our website, the Open to Hope website, and every Thursday at 9 o'clock California time, uh, 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, we post a new show. So we hope you'll be listening in then. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.